Welcome to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, the award-winning financial services and business advisory podcast that challenges your old-school business practices and the traditional business suit culture. Our guests are industry professionals and experts who will challenge you to think beyond the suit and tie while offering you meaningful modern solutions to help enhance your company's growth. I'm your host, Dave Kane. We're hot and heavy into the 2019 tax season, which means we're all getting to see how the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act actually plays out on our personal tax returns and business tax returns as well. Naturally, because we're up close and personal with our finances this time of year, questions about financial wellness and planning strategies are at the forefront. So we're happy to welcome Cindy Kula, one of the region's leading tax planning specialists and a famous consultant on Ray's tax team. Welcome back to Unsuitable to lead us through the tax stuff and the tax maze. Welcome to Unsuitable, Cindy. Thanks, Dave. Before we get started, we need to uh, pick your brain a little bit. Okay. You're a you're a bit of a social butterfly, <laughs> would you say? Um, probably not. Uh, but but uh, we need some uh, advice on uh, some upcoming uh, happy hours, social hours, cocktail hours, if you will. Can you give us some advice? Uh, you know, I, I've been struggling here with what do you talk about at these uh, cocktail hours? What's appropriate conversation? The rules have changed. Yes, deductibility of those expenses have changed. Well, so. we'll get to that. That's a good. That that that's good. But sports, I assume sports is still okay to talk about at happy hour. Sure, it's okay to talk about. I don't okay, know. but okay. Yeah, you can talk about anything you want, really. Gun control? Can we? Sure. Is that okay? Sure. How about the uh, the wall? Is that appropriate conversation? Yes, as long as people are aware that that might be a political. Just stance or another brick in the wall, it's okay. Uh, you can do that. Sure. And of course, um, you know, any CPA that goes to, you know, happy hour and they find out you're a CPA, they want to know about the new uh, tax law. Of course. So that's always good, isn't it? It's business promotion, yes. So, you know, what's going on? Uh, how the tax form, the tax form's out yet? Can we file a return? Can we get a refund? Not yet. I think the opening is January 28th of filing season this year. So with the government shutdown, that might be more complicated. I am not positive. They are still saying that it'll be open and running. Uh, well, so. hopefully by the time our podcast airs, we'll be, uh, we'll be back and running. Right. And they're simplified this year. Very simple forms. You know, isn't it amazing that, you know, the general public uh, really didn't care a whole lot when um, the government shut down, but what would have happened if Amazon would have shut down? <laughs> Good point. Yeah. So, and you know, we'll get to tax, talking about the new tax code here uh, pretty shortly. You know, I want to do commend you uh, on your uh, professionalism. I heard you speak about a month ago at the Mega Tax Conference for the state of Ohio, attended by probably 150 people that were in attendance at your seminar. You had them eaten out of your hands. It's all about lifestyles anyways, Dave. So it's, it was good. It was good. People were pretty receptive. So, you know, you've been a guest uh, on the podcast a number of times. So we're going to jump around, maybe pick up some, uh, some of the tax tidbits that uh, we haven't talked about in the past. You know, one of the things that, that you pointed out in some of your uh, presentation is multi-year tax planning is, is critical five years prior to retirement. You know, that's picking up Social Security and Medicare, and the planning is important. Can you comment on that aspect of planning? Yes. I usually, I mean, with the wave of baby boomers that are going to be retiring shortly, it's really going to be critical that they look at their tax and financial picture 
um, probably from the age of 60 to 65, there's going to be a lot of uh, planning that they could be doing. You know, do they delay taking Social Security? Uh, do they perhaps they start taking it early? Are there other kind of opportunities available? The biggest thing right now is I wasn't ever a proponent of Roth IRAs, but as a person does retire, it may make sense to take out IRA contributions sure. to even out your tax brackets, and that's tax bracket management. So it's important to make sure that we have that in our time frame. you know, within the— right, So right. if you retire at 66 and you're not receiving a lot of income, perhaps taking an IRA contribution and converting it to a Roth and setting that aside for— your heirs. So uh, as you look ahead into the 2019 crystal ball, is that maybe something that, um, you know, our listeners should take a look at? I think so. And I think that sitting down and budgeting and looking at the whole time horizon is going to make sense. I know I started doing that for myself. So it's, it kind of like makes it more personal too. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you live it and you walk it. Yeah, you do. You know, remind me again, uh, a lot of the, uh, Tax changes that are that we're up against. Um, there are some sunset provisions, and then some are going to go on for ever. So, give us a, a, a quick overview of um, the stuff that we have in front of us for 2019. Are we going to live with that for the rest of our lives, or changes ahead? There may be changes ahead, only because there's still technical corrections out there that have to be made, and those have not been finalized yet. Uh, I also feel that with another change of government administration, you know, Trump only has a four-year term. So what's going to happen after that four-year term? Uh, We don't talk politics on this uh, podcast, by the way. So it could change prior to even the sunset provisions. The only reason there are sunset provisions is to quantify the tax law change. So You know, I'm a little confused. I thought this um, tax law change was, you know, occurred in uh, December, late December, of 2017, and uh, you're saying the technical corrections and patches haven't been made? Not all of them. They've done a pretty good job of laying out examples and, on the you know, clarifying proposed regulations. But I think overall, there are still some little loose ends, a depreciation of property. And so there's some things that still need to be clarified. You know, there's this thing floating around the uh, qualified business income deduction has First of all, what is that? That sounds kind of cool. What is that? Can I get one of those? It is. Yeah, it's called uh, two, you know. Other things, yeah. (laughs) It it is going to be a benefit for a lot of the small pass-through entities, the small businesses. It's a 20% deduction on the income. And there are thresholds and there are limitations, but there is going to be a uh, unique opportunity to take advantage of that this year. 20% deduction of uh, income? The pass-through income, but there's also limitations if your AGI is lower because you have other losses or offsets. So So when you refer to pass-through, what are we talking about? Is that um, S-corporations? S-corporations, partnerships, LLCs. About my sole uh, proprietor. Your Schedule C sole proprietorship, yes. Rental? Rental properties. My director's fees? Your director's fees. Lottery winnings? No. Come on. No lottery winnings. No lottery winnings? No. That's not trader business income? No, unless you are a professional trader, you know, in that area, I guess you could well, look at no, it. Well, no, I'm not, but I thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah. You know, what about, uh, again, staying with this, is it QBI? Is that the buzzword? It is the uh, mnemonic. There's this little provision, small print, about if you're a consultant, 
you may not be able to take that haircut. Yeah, once again, if your threshold is the key. So you want to make sure you understand and have knowledge of what the thresholds are. And on a joint return, that's 315. So if your income is under 315, you're pretty much going to get the 20% deduction. Now that's cut in half for everybody that's single. So it's 157.5 for those people. So that's why you can do planning. You know, you can look at your depreciation. You can look at a retirement plan contribution. If you're really on bordering on the 315 or the 157.5. So uh, planning, planning, and more planning on this. So so this is a good thing, the uh, 20% haircut on pass-through entities. And, and again, I want to be clear, that that's pass-through entities does not apply to the traditional C corporations? C corporations already got the benefit of a 21% flat tax rate. So this was supposed to be a counter to giving the individuals that are not a C corp or a regular corporation a tax benefit. So it kind of puts them on the same uh, level kind playing of, field. Yeah. I when mean, you, the problem with the C corps is that there were corporations that were in the 15% bracket. Yeah. You know, the smaller corps. And now they're going to have a 6% tax increase. Yeah. See, so. now we have something else to talk about at uh, cocktail hour. Hey, you guys taking advantage of the QBI? Exactly. And they're going to look at you like, you're crazy fool. <laughs> so um, what's happening in the estate uh, area? Uh, you know, estate tax, uh, we got anything to worry about there? Um, no, actually, it's been a, quite a, Pretty good. a windfall there with the exemption going up to 11 million one eighty per person. And that's actually something that I, I didn't think I'd ever see. You know, I remember when it was back to $600,000. So this is something that the only thing is that people say, okay, I don't have an estate tax. But if a married couple has to experience a death of one of the spouses, portability might play in. So you may want to file an estate tax return to preserve that right, exemption. Right. In your presentation uh, in front of the Ohio Society group, you'd mentioned the estate planning and the importance of, um, you know, even though there's no estate tax or limited estate tax, some of the planning is still in play, like the documents. And maybe this time uh, a year when, uh, when you file your return, good opportunity to take uh, advantage and look at these other documents. Right. And key key documents are your will. I mean, everybody should have a will. The goal is not to have it go to your will, though. So you want to make sure you're, they don't have to read the will for your assets. But it's always good and important to have a will. Medical directives, in case something happens, you want to make sure that there's proper, you know, your wishes are being honored. So those medical directives are out there too. Right. I also feel, and I know that it's probably me, but I really think if we start young enough with exposing younger generations to like a net worth statement, and if they would do that every time they did their tax return and see their growth in their net worth, they might be more cognizant of saving and you know increasing that net worth number. And you can do so much with technology now that it's such an easy process that it it just makes a financial journal a legacy you can leave behind. So I think to to kind of paraphrase what we've been talking about there is that regardless of your age, we ought to have these, uh, the the documents, the will, the the healthcare stuff, and your net worth statement. And what better time to do that when you file your tax return? Perfect timing. So what do you think of the new uh, tax law so far? I ask you that every time I you're on the you show. Um, I want to see if you change your uh, your position. No, I don't know if I've changed my position, but I think that we're going to see that there's going to be a area of the middle, upper middle class that will be saving, especially if they have little children. You know, I think the tax brackets are, you know, 
quite favorable now. Everybody in the upper brackets will be saving money. So even on the top bracket, they're going to be saving. And I think we'll see that. I think that people are going to try to plan for the qualified business income deduction to, you know, maybe consider increasing their retirement contribution, which technically isn't due until, you know, the filing of their return, including extensions for the most part. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see the planning that we can do. You know, one of the things that you shared with us is the financial life stages and financial wellness for all generations. You know, comment further on on your opinion on on what you mean by that when you talk about all generations. Financial stages are all set by different aspects of our life. You know, it's how much income we earned, how much we spend, what's our family situation. What are we saving for? Are we saving for that boat or the second residence? So I think that all our different stages of life are going to be determined by our lifestyle. And I also believe that children learn what they live in all aspects of life, including financial. And if you're going to teach good saving habits and you're going to teach good you know, financial habits to your family— the best thing to do is start it and involve them in your financial situation. You know, teach children what it means to save. So, and, and I, I just feel that sometimes we overlook that, you know, and I can see it sometimes in families, the lifestyle perpetuates. Is this something you re- refer to as a financial journal? Uh, my financial journal that I, I really encourage everybody to start doing this. And one of the documents in there is a personal document locator. And it's really important because some things happen when we don't expect it. And if, you know, in our society with passwords and everything else, I mean, I had a client who passed away and the wife had no idea how to get into various documents or bank accounts or anything because the husband just did not write it down. Um, obviously, there are software professionals or hardware professionals that can go in there and, you know, probably hack into it and pull down the documents that are needed. But it was a real difficult process for her. Yeah. And she's already dealing with the death. So leaving this personal document locator in a secure place and helping the next generation, you know, you're leaving a legacy. So why not leave a legacy that shows something that, right. you know, right. makes it easier on them? You know, it's kind of interesting, um, you know, when the time changes, we change our clock, you know, we change the battery and the uh, smoke alarms, Mm -hmm. but we never update the journal. No, we don't. And that's why it doesn't make sense. We have thumb drives, we have software, you know, all you have to do is do another sheet in Excel, you know, for 2018, 2019. And it's easy to update, right, when you're doing your tax return. So like you say, your tax return, get up close and personal with your tax return. That's really kind of what you're referring to as, hey, this is an opportunity in, in during the year where you just take inventory and update all your records. Right. Good. And I think it's important that, you know, husbands and wife are on the same page so that they understand and there is communication between both of them. Communication, communication, right. communication, huh? Right. And it, it is possible to leave your estate and not have to even read your will if you title everything properly. Right, right. You know, and there are so many famous people who have died and their estates were so hard to settle. And you're going back to Abraham Lincoln and you're going, you know, Aretha Franklin and Prince. These are all rain. people. Yeah, I mean, these were people that have died very wealthy and everything that they own now became public knowledge. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's uh, switch gears a little bit, uh, go kind of on the business platform, but... Employment of children within the family business. What's your opinion on that? 
Still an opportunity? Still an opportunity. And I think that overall, you know, you can actually use children because they're so talented now with website development and even office cleaning. But, you know, they can do things more than the parents can. So it's important to do that. And employing a business in a sole proprietorship is a little bit different than employing them in business. But they can still earn a certain amount of money and they can, you can have them contribute to an IRA and their tax ramifications will be minimal. And these would be, I guess you're referring to some minor, minor, the minor minor children. Minor. And as they get to be adults, it's a whole different uh, scheme as far as employment within the family business. Correct. But you still want to be able to make them realize that, it, you know, you pay yourself first. You know, you have to encourage them to save from their very first job that they have. You know, you made a statement, need to educate all generations on the importance of paying yourself first. Can you expand on that statement? Sure. Uh, paying yourself first just means exactly that. I'm going to put away money I'm earning for myself. And it can be in a 401k. It can be just in a savings account. And that's why nowadays the direct deposit makes so much sense, where you can actually allocate a certain amount to your savings account. Do some people, you know, retirement accounts are not an issue for them, and they really don't want to worry about that, but they should still be putting in a savings account. Emergency funds are necessary, and people have to realize they should have three to six months of living expenses set aside in a savings account in case they need it. Three to six months? Three to six months of living expenses. At and a minimum. At a minimum, yeah. And it, it just relieves stress that you know you have that. So it just, you know, once again, it's about paying yourself first, making sure all your ducks are in a row, and you have this security there. Sure. You know, again, just kind of picking your brain, uh, jumping around on this new, you know, some of the new tax uh, laws in front of us. Uh, and again, maybe this is just a personal opinion on your behalf. With the change in some of the itemized deduction rules, do you see or sense a, a decline in charitable contributions? I don't think so. You know, I, I'm probably one of those people that probably won't itemize this year. I'll just take the standard deduction. All right. First time, so, huh? But yeah, first time. Um, but you can do things to bunch deductions. So even though the limits are at $10,000, There are things like donor-advised funds that you can contribute to. So if I know I want to, over the next three, four years, I want to contribute, you know, maybe $20,000. Okay, I can put it into a donor-advised funds, not specify specify my charity yet, and actually get a deduction on my tax return for $20,000. Okay, so I think that people are going to realize that there are opportunities out there. They take care of. Well, especially in their working years, you know, especially if you're approaching retirement and you know that you have money now and you're going to have taxable income now, doing a donor advice fund might make sense. And it will lower your current year taxable income. Right. And you don't have, I mean, a lot of people think, oh, I'm not going to make the decision yet. I, I don't know who I'm going to give it to, you know, but there is an opportunity there. And I'm also going to encourage people who are required receiving required minimum distributions that I know are making charitable contributions to their church to use those required minimums directly to the charity. So let's back that up because I think that's one area that's often overlooked. The required uh, minimum distributions are, what you're referring there is out of a retirement plan or 401k where you get to a certain age and you have to take a a certain amount of draw. Correct. You're saying I can direct some of that to a charitable organization and bypass some taxation? Right. 
I mean, it doesn't even go on to your adjusted gross income. So, I mean, that's an opportunity, you know, and I, I truly believe that many boomers have saved and they do have this opportunity in their retirement account. And if they don't itemize, they can still take this kind of a pre-tax deduction, right? you know, so right. it makes sense. Right. Going back to that, uh, charitable contributions and uh, required minimum distributions, how difficult is that to accomplish? Uh, it's very easy. Very like, easy. I have quite a few clients okay. that are doing it, and all they do is tell their broker or whoever their IRA is at to do the contribution directly. Right. The key, though, is you have to be 70 and a half. It can't be the year you turn 70 and a half. It has to be after the age of 70 and a half. After 70 and a half. Correct. Okay. Okay. You think there's a uh, still a misunderstanding uh, with our uh, clients and, and, and our listeners about the deduction of uh, real estate tax and the limitations on that? I think there is still some uh, unclear, I mean, clarity yeah. on that because right now I think people feel that it's real estate taxes or yeah. they feel it's state and local income taxes. They don't realize it's all taxes. Yeah. So the limitation is there, it's in place. And that's why if you look at yourself, you know, or you, know, you have taxes at 10,000, yeah. Okay. And then you, you know, if you can itemize and you're subject to 24,000, you know, if you don't have a mortgage interest because you're already in your 60s, you know, or you have, you know, 14,000 of charitable, sometimes that's hard to get. Yeah. So, for example, if I'm a high net worth individual and have um, a uh, vacation home in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, I can just, all I can deduct on my real estate tax is 10K or total tax. Total tax. And that's combined with all your other taxes. So, what do you think of that rule? We'll stick around. Is that rule going to stick around? I have no idea. I can't even predict that. I mean, it's it's interesting because one of my high net worth clients, I did try to evaluate the fact that the, he was limited to ten thousand. He lost probably five hundred thousand dollars of taxes this year as a deduction. Plus, he also lost all his investment fees. So, but they got rid of the P's limitation, which yeah. reduced his itemized deduction. So, wow. You run with a pretty distinguished crowd. Well, they, yeah, I'm going to start I mean, hanging with you. <laughs> no, but it's it's going to be significant for some people. Yeah. All right. As we close down the last few minutes, uh, what are some, uh, maybe some tax tips for uh, the 2018 tax return to be on the lookout for? Well, the form is definitely simplified. Like I said, it's okay. like a half page. Uh, there are about, six or seven schedules that might be needed in addition to the pages, half pages that you have. I think overall, though, it is a little bit more, if you're not going to itemize, and I think that overall it will be a little bit simpler. I have a problem with, you know, the forms, though, because there are people who have been doing these by hand for 40 years, and all of a sudden they have this half page. They're not going to know what to do. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that going into tax season, we're going to have— you know, we send out our organizers and people are not going to realize. It's going to be a little confusing. It's going to be confusing. Years. Yeah. You know, I think as in general, what we've talked about is individual, you know, probably as um, uh, simplification in that area. But on the business side, it has maybe become a little more difficult. Plus more planning. There's going to be a lot more planning for a lot of the business clients. So we need to focus on that. And my entertainment Cost, <laughs> non-deductible. Back to that entertainment stuff. Oh, yeah, got to have yeah. that. Got to yeah. have non-deductible. 
non-deductible. Okay. So let's kind of kind of wrap all, up. Uh, not all. Not all. Not all. Okay. There's still room. There's still room. Okay. There's still room for that. Okay. Let's kind of wrap up. Uh, kind of what we uh, talked about. Certainly, financial life stages and and wellness for all generations, no matter what your age. Go for it. A lot of planning opportunities. We also talked about get up close and personal with your tax return. It's a good time to not only change the the batteries in your smoke alarm, but all your documents. Take a look each and every year and use a financial journal, set up a financial journal, and share it. Exactly. Is that kind of it? That's it. Dave. You got any closing comments for our podcast community? No, we're looking forward to an exciting tax season. We are? We are. Yeah. You mean the compressed tax season it as they become. It will be compressed. So our guest today has been Cindy Kula, a tax specialist and very famous person within Ray & Associates for her tax planning strategies. You need to talk to Cindy, uh, get a hold of Ray & Associates, and we can direct you to her. She's wonderful to talk to about uh, just about anything. So thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Dave. And as always, you've been a wealth of uh, knowledge. You bring so much insight to the tax topic and financial planning. Listeners, as a CPA firm, Ray & Associates has many great resources available on our website. Just type www.raycpa.com into your browser and hover that mouse, that crazy mouse, if you can find it, on the Growth tab to find blog posts, financial calculators, white papers, and more. Did you like this episode? Let us know. Leave us a comment. Give us a thumbs up. And most importantly, share it with your colleagues. You can also subscribe to our podcast on a variety of platforms, including iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, and others. Until next time, I'm Dave Kane, encouraging you to loosen up your tie and think outside the box. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray & Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance. 